Well, good morning. It's good to uh, see you all again this morning through the lens of the camera, but uh, hopefully in the near future, uh, we'll be able to do that uh, uh, face-to-face again, and I can't wait till that time. But we're still praying for you and just asking that God uses you in whatever way possible to make a difference in your world for His kingdom. If you have your Bibles, I want you to, to turn to the book of Deuteronomy. And in the, the six chapters where we're going to find our, uh, our study for today, as a parent, I mean, you've been there before. You've had a long, hard day either at the office or at work or doing those projects around the house. Now that you've got a lot more time on yourself and, uh, because of this isolation. And, and by the end of the day, you're just exhausted. And, and you're just, just, all you want to do is sit down, put your feet up and relax and, and take a break. But your child comes up and, and they, they want to start wrestling or they want you to go do something with them or play with them or, or, or get up and read or something. But the question is, how do you respond? I mean, does your exhaustion express itself in your words or, or do you just set aside that and, and jump up and, and go join them in the adventure of the evening? Or how are you going to respond to them? Once this quarantine is lifted... And we all head back into the world that we once knew. The family dynamic is going to change because even the world is going to change. It's not going to be the same. Right now, little Johnny wants to play and and he wants time with you. But in a few years, he'll be too busy with his friends and he won't have time that he has for you as he does right now. At this point in life, Johnny believes everything you say. I mean, to him, you're very knowledgeable, and and as a matter of fact, to him, you have the answers to every, every question that life might throw at you. But trust me, there will come a day when he will no longer view you that way, and he'll no longer come to you for advice, and, and he will no longer believe what, that you know it all. As a matter of fact, he'll probably come to a point that he'll begin to question everything you say. And little Marisa... She's going to find someone else who's going to help put on her makeup and do her hair, and, and she'll find someone else who'll teach her how to be a real woman. But you've got time today. And right now, as a parent, you've been giving a blessing in disguise. While this pandemic is causing us a lot of concerns, it is also affording you an opportunity with your children that you may not have had before. So I I think we need to reconnect with our kids and teach them some important lessons in life. So in in this love in any language, this morning I want us to look at how we can love our children. And loving your children doesn't mean that you let them learn their lessons the hard way. You prepare them for what lies ahead. In a similar situation, God wanted Israel to know how much he loved them and how much he was blessing them by bringing them out of Egypt from the land of of captivity and slavery. And and he had to lay down some house rules for them as to how he wanted them to live. He needed his children to understand that. So as we look at our passage this morning, we find that God has just led the Israelites out of Egypt They've crossed the Red Sea, and and their enemies have been destroyed by God. And he gives them these ten basic rules for godly living. And then he, he says to them, look, this is what is required if you're going to succeed in this new world, in this new land that I'm going to give you. And I think that that can be applied to us in our Christian parenting. So if you really want to love your children, you need to first off know the law. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, 
that you may do them in the land to which you are going to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. God says, you need to learn my statutes. You need to learn my laws. You need to really learn about me and know who I am. And parents, if you want to be great parents, if you want to raise godly children, you need to first off learn about God yourself. That's a primary focus for each one of us as parents. And that means that you've got to get to know him personally. You can't introduce your children to somebody that you don't know or is just a casual acquaintance of yours. Real introductions require that, that the more you have uh, this opportunity to understand who people are, then you can tell interesting things about them as you introduce them. How foolish it would be, and it would look, if you try to introduce somebody to somebody that was simply a stranger that you'd never met. So how are you teaching your children uh, the difference between right and wrong? How are, are you going to teach your grandchildren about getting along and getting the most out of life? If you haven't learned about God yourself, what are you going to use as your guideline? Whose rules and whose aspects of life really are important? I think God's really are. So let me ask you again, how well do you know God? How well do you understand who he is? How well do you know his word? And do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because it begins right there before you can teach it to your kids. You need to know him and his laws. John Maxwell has, has tried to identify 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And he's identified one that he calls the law of the lid. And in it, it talks about the leader's effectiveness is the lid on, on his, on his ability is the lid on what he's going to be effective in people and teaching. Basically, what he is saying is that, 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 that you can never take people farther than you have gone yourself. You can never lead them where you have never been. Now, if you want your children to turn out well, and if you want them to help to give along to the path to godly living... You need to learn that way yourself. The first key to great parenting, to loving your children, is to learn about God yourself and understand his laws. The second one goes along with it. It's this, you need to practice what you preach. Again, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You see what he said there in verse 6? These words, they shall be on your heart. In other words, the things that you learn, you've got to live out. 
they've got to be ingrained upon our heart and upon our soul that so it makes a matter of how we live is based upon those things when i began my my career in ministry the first 14 and a half years i spent working with youth from all ages and and it was it was interesting but one of the greatest obstacles that i found dealing with youth in ministry parents i mean that's hard to believe but but it's a reality they were probably the most difficult obstacle for me to overcome when I was trying to help teach these children. See, do you know how tough it is to try and teach uh, young people about the difference that Jesus can make in your life? When, when their parents say one thing at church and they live a different way in the house. Do you know how hard it is to teach young people that there are things that they need to do to avoid things in life when they see their parents pursuing those things in their own lives. I'm going to give you some advice this morning. Just a few things about parenting kids that I've learned from my experience, but also looking at what Scripture might have to say. The first one is this. If you want your children to be honest, then you've got to be honest with them. You need to tell them the truth, and you need to keep your promises Proverbs 19.1 says, Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Your children, they know when you're lying just as well as you know when they're not telling you the truth either. We cannot hide it from them. You know, you're fooling yourself if you think that you can deceive them and get away with it because they see right through it. If you want them to avoid watching some of the junk on TV or the things on the internet, then maybe you ought not let them catch you doing the exact same thing, watching your junk on TV, or are you surfing on the pages of the internet that are inappropriate for even you to be around. What you do and what you practice has got to be fulfilled within them. Listen to what Psalm 101, verse 2 and 3 says. If you kind of tie those two together, it says, And I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. You need to make a promise to yourself that you're not going to put before your eyes anything that is ungodly or immoral, and then you need to live by that promise so that your children see it as well. No wonder they don't understand why they can't have the newest video games or, or the nicest pair of sneakers when they see you trying to buy your happiness in this world. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus tells us that we are not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you want them to understand that who you are is more important than what you have, then let your children see you work on your character rather than your goodie bag. Another thing is this. If you want your children to be forgiving, you need to forgive them. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold some mistake that they made over their heads for the rest of their lives. And, and you, need to, you need to learn to forgive them. Matter of fact, forgiveness is important in all aspects of life, in all relationships. Jesus tells us in Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 3 through 4, he says, Pay attention to yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, 
forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day, and he turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. You see, our children are being raised in a world where what they do today will be used against them 30 years from now in the future. I mean, just ask any politician. We live in a world of grudges and in a world of unforgiveness. But we are part of a kingdom of God which forgiveness is expressed. And we need to learn to use that as our weapon of growing love within our children. Here's another, here's another way that I think it's important for us. If, if you want your children to be optimistic, if you want them to be hopeful people, then you must live that out in front of them day by day. You've got to demonstrate to them that you have hope. Proverbs 13 verse 12 tells us that hope deferred makes a heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Paul told the church at Rome this in Romans 15, 13. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You see, while we're living in this pandemic society, it seems somehow to draw out all the, the doomsayers, all the negative people out there. But there is, if there is no hope for tomorrow, then really there is no hope for those who have today. Dads, if you want your, chil- your daughters, now listen closely. Dads, if you want your daughters to marry a guy who, who loves her, who respects her and her opinions, if you want her to marry a man that, that is going to treat her that way, then you need to let her see you treating her mother that way, your wife. And moms, if you want your sons, if you want them to grow up and, and, and to marry a great girl that will honor him and love him, let them see you honoring and loving and treating his father that way. Because those are the types of people they're going to attract in life. They're going to seek for life forever. Now, if you want to be a great mom and a great dad, by loving your children, learn more about God. And follow it up by practicing what you preach. I mean, living what you have in this process of life. The third thing is this. You need to teach what you know. Deuteronomy chapter 6, again, beginning in verse 7. He says, You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. I mean, these verses tell us that we're to talk about God whenever we're getting up in the morning and when we're going down at bed at night and when we're going about throughout the day and every aspect that we're coming and going in, make it a conversation with your children about God and about His laws and what it means to live under His precepts. In other words, if you want to be a great parent, then you need to teach what you have learned and do so at every opportunity that you have. When you see your children treating their friends well, encourage them and let them know that you're happy to see them doing that. Pat them on the back and tell them how how much like Jesus that they're acting at that moment. And when you're facing a tough time, ask them to pray with you about it. And, And when God answers your prayers, tell them about God's faithfulness to hear and to answer to us. 
Also, parents, you need to teach your children the importance of a good work ethic. I mean, teach them that, that if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing right. Proverbs 10, verses 4 and 5, it tells us that a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. And in the 12th chapter of Proverbs, verse 11, it says, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. I think we have a problem with our work ethic today, and, and it's not just my generation or your generation. It's all generations, all ages, it seems to have a problem with this. I mean, you can ask any contractor. Finding good labor is extremely difficult. Not that they can't do the job, but rather that they won't finish the job, or they won't show up on time, or they won't go the extra mile or put the extra effort in to get the job done right. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 23 and 24, Paul tells the church there, he says, Whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you're driving down the road and you see that sunrise or that sunset or the beauty of the mountains or the, the streams that are before you, you need to take those moments as well and just remind your children of God's beauty and His creation and how it demonstrates who He is and His own character. We can see Him in His created world that we live in. Parents, it's this. If you want to love your children, again, you need to learn about God. If you want to really love your children, you need to practice what you preach. If you really, truly want to love your children, teach them what you have learned. And if you want to be a great parent, you need to guard them with all your might. That's what it tells us in verses 10 through 19 in Deuteronomy 6. Let's go there again. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to, Jake, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord." who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and the destroy you from the, off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested him at Massah. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give you to your fathers." by thrusting out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. You see, I think there are many things in this world that, 
that the devil uses to distract us and to draw us away and to destroy our faith. He uses many tools to try and deceive our children as well. And parents, if you want to love your children, you've got to guard them with everything you've got. I mean, there will be things that you're not going to allow your children to wear. There will be places that you won't allow your children to go. There will be things that you won't allow your children to watch on television. And there will be things that you won't allow your children to do. There will be things that you won't allow in your house. You've got to draw the line. And the day will come, and a time will come, hopefully and prayerfully, when one day you may be your children's best friend. But when they're young, when you are home, they don't need you as a friend as much as they need you as a parent. And it's through that parenting love that you're going to teach them to be godly people as they grow up. When Ezra was leading the people to return to Jerusalem out of their slavery and their captivity in Babylon. And they, they stopped and they camped along the river of Hava. And they proclaimed a time of fasting and a time of prayer for them and for their children that God would guide them into the next phase of this new world that they were going to move into. So listen what he says there. He says, I proclaimed in Ezra chapter 8 verse 21, I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. Parents, you need to guard your children with all your strength. You need to take some time, maybe fast, and pray about them, that God is going to help them grow and to be the person that they need to be. And if you really want to love your children, learn about God yourself. And if you want to really love your children, practice what you preach. And if you really, truly want to love your children, teach them what you have learned. And if you want to be a great parent, guard them with all your strength. But there's one more thing. You need to prepare for the unexpected. Deuteronomy 6, verse 20 begins, When your son asks you in the time to come, What is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that God our Lord has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Did you catch that? When your son asks, see moms, dads, there are going to come a a day when your children are going to ask you why. There are also going to come days where they're going to try you, when when they're going to grow and they're going to begin to test your values, when they're going to be chomping at the bit to develop their own values and their own character traits and their own personalities. But before that happens, You've got to prepare them for those times. 
Discipline is one of those ways in which we can prepare them for all the trying times that are going to lie ahead. Matter of fact, when we discipline them as, when they're young, it's important for us to do that. Proverbs 13, verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And in the 29th chapter of Proverbs, verse 15, we're told that the rod and reproof, reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, I need you to understand that there is a difference between discipline and punishment. Chip Ingram, with Focus on the Family, has an excellent description of the difference between these two. And this is what he says. He says, punishment produces some very negative characteristics in your children. Guilt, shame, bitterness, resentment, regret, self-pity, fear, and more. He says, because it's focused on the past, children feel helpless. They can't undo what they've already done, and they can't change the circumstances that their behavior has produced. Punishment does not give them a means to right their wrongs. The tools they need to understand redemption aren't included in the punishment package. It's simply retribution that leads to a lot of negative emotions. Then he says, discipline, on the other hand, is future-focused, always pointing toward future acts. It has nothing to do with retribution and everything to do with redemption. Whereas the purpose of punishment is to inflict a penalty for the offense, the purpose of discipline is to train for correction and maturity. Whereas the origin of punishment is the frustration of the parent, the origin of discipline is a high motive for the welfare of the child. And whereas the result of punishment is fear and shame, the result of discipline is security. Discipline always holds the child's best interest, not the parent's anger, in its forefront. It is never out of control. It amazes me that some of the things our law enforcement officers have to deal with on a weekly basis. Perhaps one of the saddest is when they get those phone calls from a parent who, who's having trouble with their teenage child and, and they want the police to come and, and to fix their kids and, and to correct that problem. You see, they want the police to, to make their children mind. But I have news for you. Law enforcement cannot fix what you have not taught your children in the first place. It's too late. It's our responsibility as parents, and it's your responsibility. When you have children who are young, that you need to begin right then with them, to teach them a life of integrity. It's your responsibility when they are young to teach them that all their actions are going to have consequences, good and bad. The Bible says that a parent who does not discipline does not love his child. I mean, there are going to be trying times when your children are going to get older. and Discipline and to teach them to, to live with integrity now before those moments come. Pray and never stop is the second thing. In 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verse 16 through 18, Paul tells the, the church there, the Christians there, that they should rejoice always, and they should 
Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So parents, you need to pray daily. Matter of fact, every moment that you can think about it, keep your children before God in your prayers without stopping, never ceasing. And when preparing for those difficult times that are going to lie ahead in their life, you need to pray and not stop. Let me ask you, Are you praying for your children and your grandchildren's salvation? Man, that should be something that you're doing every day. Are are you praying that the Lord is going to keep them pure for their future spouse? Are you praying that that the the Lord is going to to give them a godly spouse? How, How about this? Are you praying that as your children grow up, that they're going to grow up to become a parent who is going to love their children the way God wants them to love them. You see, we need to pray and pray and pray and keep on praying because God is going to hear our prayers and He is going to answer our prayers and He is going to motivate with His Spirit the life of your child. He's going to draw them to Him. And if you really want to love your parents, your children's parents, you need to learn about God yourself. That's the first thing we've talked about. And if you want to really love your children, you need to also practice what you preach. And if you really, truly want to love your children, you need to teach them what you have learned. But if you want to be a great parent, you need to guard them with all your strength. And you need to prepare them for what lies ahead, all those unexpected things. I wish I could tell you that I was a great parent. I wish I could tell you that that I did everything right and, and that my children never questioned my love for them or my authority. I wish I could tell you that everything I did was biblical and right and true, but I'd be lying to you. I, I failed in, in so many of these ways. I, I mean, I, I can tell you that I tried, and I failed. And I tried again and, and again and again. And I'm still trying. Even though I have adult children, I am still trying to help mold them and teach them and grow them to be the men and women that God wants them to be. I mean, you are going to fail, but you need to get back up and start over from God's perspective. His design for the family is better than any practical advice that you can pick up in this world. Trust me, I have seen so many different perspectives for parenting in this world, and none of them can compare with God's. If you haven't gotten it together, I want to suggest to you that you sit down and you have a talk with your dad. Your father in heaven, that is. And that you you ask him to help you understand because, see, he knows exactly what you need to hear and what you need to do to make your relationship with your own family the best it can possibly be. He has placed those children into your life Because he knows that what you can do for them is what is best because he's made that provision for you. I don't know where you are in your relationship with your family, but I'm going to ask this. Always put God first. Get to know him. And in knowing him and all of his decrees and his his opportunities for how we should live, they become a part of how we live. Then you can begin to share those with your children. God loves us as his children. And he seeks us with all of his heart, even when we are disappointing him, even when we have demonstrated to him that we are sinful. Romans tells us that he loves us in spite of that. 
and that he provides a way for us to have things made right. And he wants you to be his child, and he wants you to give your life to him because as your father, he loves you unconditionally. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for loving us. In spite of trying to craft ourselves into being what we think we ought to be or what our physical desires might want us to be, Father, we, we really do want to be designed and crafted by your hands to be the, the man and the woman that we ought to be, the, the boy and the girl that we should, should become. Father, but it's only through your word that we get that understanding. And through your spirit convicting us and, and compelling us and, and drawing us in, that, Father, we can fully and honestly be your child that you want. Father, help us to listen to your words. And, and as a parent ourselves, that the words that we speak to our children will be just as edifying and just as beneficial to them as your words are to us. Father, you have called us to love in any language that there is. Help us to love our children as a godly parent. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.